Today's episode of the Locked On Sabres podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They're not kidding. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's the Locked On Sabres podcast. Joe DiBiase from WGR Sports Radio 550. And Jordan Hanskin from the Meadville Tribune. Bundesliga two days away now. How close wow. are we on? How close are we on sports? We're not yet at the major four sports leagues, but we had UFC last weekend. Let me run this down. We got NASCAR now is announced schedule through June 21st, which leads up to June 20th. I'm not a NASCAR guy, but I actually think aesthetically, like if we're listening to these games, like hockey is going to be really weird. With empty stadiums, especially in the playoffs. NASCAR, though, like, aren't you already hearing, like, the sound of the cars? I feel like that's going to be normal. I think NASCAR will be normal. Uh, golf will be close. Golf will be close. Um, yep. And I think uh, I think baseball to a point. I mean, you want fans, hopefully, for, like, the playoffs. But yeah. baseball in the regular season wouldn't be too bad. I'd like to see uh, tennis get a little creative here. Like we've had this Tiger and Phil one on one, and now they're going to be playing with Peyton Manning and Tom Brady next month. I'd like to see like a, a Federer and Nadal seven game series. Um, although I guess if it was on clay, Djokovic is better than both of them now, though. So maybe Joke. Well, yeah, but but Djokovic isn't really part of the of the rivalry, right? Like Djokovic, he's not part Djokovic's of the rivalry, but but like yeah, I would say. Uh, it's like uh, it was like a top four thing, but uh, mm-hmm. with uh, Djokovic, uh, Nadal, Federer, and Murray. I know Federer mm-hmm. and Nadal ended up being like the best ever, but Djokovic is close. Like Djokovic can get up there too. Mm. Uh, yeah. So well, I don't know. Well, you could well, do like you could do like doubles between those four. Yeah, you've got. By the way, other sports. You got Korean baseball is going on right now. You got. What Bundesliga we mentioned Premier League is back on June first. Hockey we're still not sure about. Um, the latest reports seem to indicate the Sabers, despite previous reports a couple weeks ago that they would be in a 24 team tournament uh, to make the postseason. I think the NHL and to me it's smart. Like I, I think it'd be cool to see the Sabers in the playoffs, but they do not deserve it. And if I were going to decide from an NHL point of view. If we're doing a 2014 tournament, which seems like the likelihood at this point that that is what's going to happen, um, how do you decide what 24 get in? Well, I think you just go top 24, the whole league by points percentage, and the Sabers would actually fall one spot out of that in 25th. But I think that's fair. Like, I, I don't think they should make it just because of the division they play in. When the Rangers, by the way. The Rangers would miss their 16th in the NHL in point percentage, and they would miss under that format. To me, like again, I don't want to feel bad for the New York Rangers because they get every big free agent that ever comes on the market, and they're always competitive. But I mean, it, it is it is fair to have like the Rangers in instead of the Sabers. Yeah, it's definitely fair. I mean, they're the better team. Oh, yeah. um, Seventy nine points for sixty eight. <laughs> I'm selfish, and I think that the Sabers. The Sabers need it more as a franchise. <laughs> I think that I think, our players, I think we need it financially. I think we need it for the psyche of our players. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that they stick to the division format just because I'm I'm fascinated to see what they would look like um, in a game that matters. 
Um, whether whether or not they deserve to be there, I want to see if they play like they deserve to be there. Um, but you, but all that aside, like that's just selfish reasons. I think you're absolutely right. I think point per, points percentage is the most fair way to go because that's the one that accurately displays who's the better team. Yeah, Elliot Friedman, by the way, <laughs> we've already got teams starting to gripe to the league about on the ice things, even though we're not even to playing at all again. Like Elliot Friedman of Sportsnet said yesterday that Pittsburgh has already maybe expressed frustration that they as a five seed in the conference, and I guess right now it would be uh, the first four get a bye, and then five would play 12, six would play 11, and so on and so forth. Pittsburgh is not happy that they'd have to play Carey Price in a three game, a short series where a goaltender can can take over because they would play Montreal as a 12 seed. Um, but I mean, like, come on, are you like, let's just get back on the ice. Are we really going to worry about who's in that much? And are we really going to worry about the, the season's already going to be tainted and it's going to feel like it's got an asterisk on it and players going to be coming up a month of, of a break. I don't know. I'm just like. Do whatever you want. I don't really care what you do. Give me Columbus and the Islanders. Give me the Rangers and the Leafs. And let's just let's just let's just, just let's get going here. And I don't really even care if the Sabres are in. I hope they are, but um, I'm I'm preparing as though their next jersey is going to be played. Their next game is going to be played in royal blue. I think we have seen the last of the Buffalo Sabres in the dark navy jerseys. How does that How does that sit with you? That sounds that sounds great. Um, I would like if they just broke out like if they just wore like the '99 jerseys for like if they made the playoffs, just like broke those <laughs> out and just said screw it. Oh, they were black and red. <laughs> we owe you. We owe you guys these ones. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we didn't. We didn't wear them enough. Um, but that would, that would be kind of funny. Um, yeah, I, I'm looking at the teams that are like griping about playoff seating. Um, and thing about like is the season tainted? Like, would you if say like a good team won? Would if the Lightning won the cup? Would you say that's undeserved? No, um, it wouldn't feel like it is. It, I guess it depends on who wins, and I think that's kind of hard to hard to right. stay consistent when you say that. But like, yeah, if the so, if the Lightning win, it'll feel it'll feel like it was real. But if you know, if Carey Price gets hot, for instance, and Montreal goes and wins the Stanley Cup when they like the Sabers had no chance of making the postseason then yeah, like it's going to feel like it's a little tainted. But to me, it would maybe only be if a team that wasn't going to make the playoffs won it. You know okay. I mean? So like even teams like, like Edmonton or... Uh, uh, yeah, like that would be fine. Play. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fine. But if, if Arizona or Chicago, if Chicago won the cup... Oh, I don't even <laughs> Robin Leonard. No, Robin Leonard's actually in Vegas now. Um, yeah, no, I... I, I, I get what you're saying. So yeah, if, they, if, they, if they're supposed to make the playoffs or close enough... Mm-hmm. I, I think Arizona was like on the fringe. Yeah, if I remember correctly. But, Arizona uh, yeah. was, let's see, they in the Pacific Division were four points. Well, they're four points out of a wild card spot, five points out of a of a division spot. So they were in it. They were um they were not more likely, it was unlikely. Than not to make it. Unlikely, but, yeah. Yeah, they, they had a chance. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on with the league right now. Batman says that he's not even considering canceling the season and you know, we'll see. I, I, good for I him. Don't good for, <laughs> good for Batman. Why? What are we, what are we doing? Well, I don't know. I think that I want to, I want to play some hockey. I think it's, I, know, I think I it's know, getting but... to a point. I think the Bundesliga is possibly going to show us tomorrow well, that this can be done. 
Well, so, or they're either going to show us that or like there's a lot of everyone, every league, Adam Silver, <laughs> Batman, Goodell, uh, Manfred, all of these commissioners, all of these leagues are going to be watching Bundesliga to see how it happens, how it works. If someone tests positive, what happens? I think actually there's a team in the Bundesliga where two players have already tested positive. And how are they able to handle that? How are they able to move forward without that? Because one thing, and this is not a hockey point, but you could relate this to hockey as well. Dr. Anthony Fauci, when speaking on the NFL season, said if a player tests positive on a team, you're going to have to quarantine that team for 14 days. And you're going to have to essentially postpone any game that they have within that 14 days. And that can screw up the schedule. That can screw up a whole lot of things. In the NHL, that would be the same thing. They're going to be watching the Bundesliga to see, okay, if a player tests positive, what happens to that team? Because if the Vegas Golden Knights are in the finals, or if they are in the conference finals or whatever they're in, and Mark Stone tests positive for COVID-19, now what do we do? Does the team not play? Do they play without Mark Stone? Do we have to wait 14 days for them to play and and rearrange everything? I think the Bundesliga is going to be like the guinea pig for things like that. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. It is like opening up a can of worms uh, when like little things like that happen. I think the thing is too is that players and coaches are going to need to be under, I guess, strict quarantine. Like yeah, oh, they're definitely. just going to need to be. They're just going to need to have people go and get them stuff. Yep. I I really don't know how it's going to how that stuff's going to work because I saw a story that a Bundesliga manager. One of the coaches, he was like supposed to coach his first game, and he can't coach his first game because he broke quarantine rules. To go get toothpaste. So it's like, <laughs> so that right. that's pretty that's pretty wild, and it makes you think like, so what? Uh, you know, uh, John Cooper can't can't go out and go get go get like a burger at Wendy's. He's gonna have to just sit at a hotel, and they're gonna have yeah. to maybe bring food to the teams. I don't. There's a lot I, of I stuff. I guess that's what it's got to be. Is, I, I, right. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it that you don't really think of. Um, maybe that's why they're they're probably getting all the information they can, though. I mean, the NHL, they're, they're probably taking in all the Bundesliga information. They probably have all the files of how they do it, and they're just going to see what, what happens there. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get into some Sabre-related things. We're going to play What Year Is It one more time with Jordan. We're going to see how he does uh, in a little bit here. I've got a couple of things that are, are trade ideas, and one of them starts with Tim Graham of The Athletic. He wrote today or last night that the the, the number seven overall pick, which the Sabres are very likely to have if this if this proposed uh, – um, lottery uh, odds goes through the Sabres will likely have the seventh pick he says and he argues the Sabres should not make that seventh overall pick that they are in a point with the franchise Jason Bottrell is at a point with the franchise where he cannot afford to make the pick and sit around and wait for that guy to come be a very good player for them maybe the Sabres can do that maybe fans would would be beneficial for them uh, if that player three years down the road is a great player. But Bottrell doesn't have that kind of time. And if there is a number two center on the market, if there is a number, uh, a top pair defenseman or even like a number two defenseman on the market, even maybe a, a star goaltender that becomes available, then Bottrell needs to use that seventh overall pick and he needs to go and get him. And I don't necessarily love the idea of trading the seventh overall pick because, again, that could be a very good player in in the long term that you'd be trading for an older player for. But 
I get it from Bottrell's point of view. He can't, I, to me, he's got to, didn't we, we all wanted him to do this last season, right? We wanted him to be, show desperation. We wanted him to basically be more aggressive, not show desperation, but be more aggressive, act as though your job is on the line, that you have to be good this year. Show that you have pressure to win this year. And really what happened is he didn't do almost anything. Like he acted like a GM that's in a rebuilding phase that has years and years of, of, of rope to, to not make the playoffs and still have his job. That's how he, he treated last season. And what I think would have to happen for this upcoming season, because I cannot believe that now he, his job wouldn't be under some pressure going into 2020, 2021. To me, he does need to act more aggressive because otherwise it's going to feel like he's just got the job until, until he wants to give it up. And that's not a place you want to be with, uh, with ownership right now and all the, the rumors that, that, that how much money do they have lying around and so on and so forth. So to me, if I, I would, I would be willing to trade seven. I don't know if you can get a Ryan Nugent Hopkins or if you even want to do a trade like that, but like a legit number two center for that pick is, is an idea that I would consider. Um, I actually, I actually disagree. I think that, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting like deja vu with this. Like, isn't this like the same thing that we like, basically like chastised Tim Murray for is trading all of our pit, trading our picks, our valuable picks and mm-hmm. assets for players that, you know, you're, you're still risking it. Like you're getting yeah. a second line center. Like, is that, is that really like, how good is that second line center? Like not rising New Hopkins. I get it. Like, yeah, he's, he's like a highly drafted player and he was good. Um, I think it's still a risk. Like what if he ends up being like a, 30 to 40 point player. Like, is that worth it? Like, I, I don't really know. And you're getting you seventh overall pick is you should be getting good players for that. Like that. You should be getting a really good player for that. If you draft right. well. Um, and I, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm a little concerned with the idea that we need to, you just dig yourself in a hole. Like if that player that you trade for is not good, you're spending more money on him. You can't really fill the depth because you have less cap space and you lose your future. And I know that Botterill's probably in the mode that you're thinking that like he should be in desperation mode, but yeah. for the good of the franchise, it might not be the best thing to do. Um, I think you could still trade yeah. for like these role, these like role players that we need these desperate, these like second or third line wingers and stuff like that. You can trade for that with like a third even like, I think that there's a way to get that value in um, without having yeah. to mortgage the farm. I, I do get that. And I think like the Murray comparable is interesting in that there was a, a lot about Murray's philosophy that I liked. I, I liked the idea of I'm not waiting around for this rebuild to to get off and running. I'm going to hit the the gas pedal a little bit and I'm going to force this myself. Now, again, philosophically, there are some things I would agree with Murray on that. I personally think, and I think history has proven, he took it way too far. Like he put his foot to the floor and he traded almost, he traded like way too many picks, way too many prospects. Like he just went us two, three steps too far on that. But Bottrell, 
to me, has to at least take one step in that direction because I'm not sure that he has the ability, and maybe this is why he shouldn't be the GM anymore, just flat out, but I'm not confident he has the ability to pick players and develop them and them to become uh, Mm -hmm. impactful players on the team. It hasn't happened yet, and again, he just kind of got here two, three years ago. Usually that's about how long it takes to figure out what a draft class is, but who is coming up right now from Jason Bottrell's draft drafting that you would think, oh yeah, this guy's going to be a star. Like we can't wait till this guy gets here. Dylan Cousins is the closest thing you get to that. And really, like who knows? Like we thought about Middlestat the same way, and then he showed up and he was nowhere near ready for the NHL. So maybe Cousins is that, but that's the only guy really that you're bet you're banking on for that. Um even like Uka Pekalukkanen, who's supposed to be the star goalie prospect, like he had a pretty tough year last year. I know he's coming off hip injuries, but I don't know. Like part of it to me is who the GM is, and I don't know how much confidence I'm supposed to have that that Bottrell takes that seventh overall pick and he turns that into a star player. Um, so, but at the same time, I do understand what you're saying because if you go get Ryan Nugent Hopkins, that is a risky trade. And I, I might personally think that individual, you might not be giving him enough credit. I think he's a very good player. Um, same amount of points this year as Ryan O'Reilly was 61. He's tied for, uh, what is that? Tied for 15th in the NHL among centermen. Like he, he's a very good center and he does have some down years. Like he'll have a 40, 45 point season, but he'll also have years like this year where he's in the sixties and seventies. So to me, I think I'm kind of replacing Ryan O'Reilly. With a, with a trade like that. But again, if I'm not getting that type of player, I'm not moving seven just to move seven, if that's what the pick ends up being. So I guess I'm kind of middling it. I'm somewhere in between where Tim Graham is, where he thinks they should trade the seventh pick, and where you are, where I, I would try to avoid it unless it's an amazing trade. I think I'm somewhere in between that. If I can get Nugent Hopkins, if I can get a player like that, I'm in. But, you know, if I'm getting... Who's who's a better who's a better name for this? If I'm getting Michael Backlund, uh, if I'm getting Nick, Schultz, oh. like these 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 okay Anthony Sorelli from Tampa is a good name here. Like he's a pretty good second line center, but I'm not trading seven for a pretty good second line center. I'm gonna want a really good one, like a top end one. Um, if I'm doing that, or just wait for free agency and see if you can go get uh, the other Grandland um, from uh, from Nashville to be your second line center. I don't know. I just think, like, for once, I want this team to do the rebuild the right way. Like, for for one time, just like, just sit, just sit back, take your good, take your good draft picks, and draft good players. Like, but I, just, <laughs> I don't know that they do that. Like, that's why maybe they I, I know that's GM. the problem is that you, you question whether the GM, and if that's the case, then you got to let that guy go. Like, yeah, it's true. that that might be the best. That might be the best move that they could do. And it doesn't. It doesn't take much. You just say, "Hey, Jason, pack up your stuff." <laughs> like, it's, it's not. It's not too difficult. Mm-hmm. And I think that that might be the best course of action. I think that that's what we're coming to here. Because, like, philosophically, I get it. Like, you you want like the. I, I personally think like the rebuilds like the ones that stink the most where you're just drafting people and you just take a bunch of picks and you just keep drafting guys. I think that one works the most. I think it's the most time proven and time tested way to build a team. And, yeah. uh, you know, no, I, you're think right. you're right. you're right. tr- I think teams get in trouble when they, when they try to speed things up or try to try to rush it. I think that the Sabres are like probably the best case in sports as mm-hmm. to why that, can cause problems even if you get really good players like ryan o'reilly 
Yep. Like you, you get really good players in the trades and it still hurts you in the long run. Cause you, you killed the core and you killed the, uh, the everything around it. Um, yeah, I think that I, I just want, I just want to see them just draft people. And then like, then you, you're bad. Then you have, you have, you have stockpiled hope. Yeah, and you're right. You probably just, have a better team, but my my hesitation on that is just like, are they rebuilding? Because I don't see this pool of prospects that's knocking on the door to come up and take over, even like bottom six spots on this team. I'm looking at. I made this point last episode, uh, and then also on Twitter today when I was going back and forth to someone on the Amherst and like Botcher always talking about missing out or having this playoff experience is important for the Amherst. This is not the 2005 Rochester Americans with Ryan Miller, Thomas Vanek, Pominville, Roy, like all of these up and coming guys, uh, draft picks that you had in your team. Like the Amherst were good this year, but they were filled with veteran AHL players. Their top six scores were JS Dia, Sean Malone, Zach Redmond, Andrew Ogilvy, CJ Smith. Not one of those guys will come up to Buffalo and ever make a major impact maybe cj smith andrew ogilvy come up and become like bottom six guys but not a single one of their top six scorers will ever be an important player on the buffalo sabers and to me that you're almost manufacturing ahl success there it's not like you're you've got this uh this 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 great farm system that is going to come up and do the same thing for your team someday so that's part of it for me. We'll see. His 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 first draft class, the 2017 draft class, this is going to be three years since it. And that's really when you need to have guys starting to knock on the door and start cracking the lineup. And as of right now, I think Middlestat will do that, who is an eighth overall pick. Uh, I think he'll start next year in Buffalo. We'll see what level his uh, development's at. And then past that, like Uka Pekalukinen's not playing in the NHL next year. Marcus Davidson, who's still over in Sweden, probably is not come playing in the NHL next season. He might not even, he'll probably be an AHL third, fourth line guy. Um, Oskari Laksanen is maybe the wild card, the defenseman from Finland, who was their third round pick. He's been phenomenal overseas. Um, and maybe he's a guy that could take a jump like that. But the, <laughs> I'm not seeing a lot of hope uh, in terms of what their their draft picks are in the last three years. But again, time will tell. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Before we continue, I want to tell you about Built Bar. I'm on my second sample box now. Um, we got the first one for, for joining in uh, with Built Bar as one of our sponsors here. And I loved them so much that I had to go out and get another box because they are that good. They really do taste like candy bars. Protein bars that taste like candy bars, like they really do. And you got 16 amazing flavors. They got cookie dough coming out soon. They've got a German chocolate cake flavor that's just out as well. And they're healthy. The, the peanut butter brownie flavor, which is my favorite, 20 grams of protein. 170 calories, three grams of sugar, three grams of net carbs. Um, give them a shot. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. You'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code locked on for $10 off at builtbar.com. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Ready to play? What year is it? What were you? How do you think you did on the last uh, go round of this? I think I did pretty good. What I think the longest one it took me was I think three or four tries. I think a couple of them I got in like a, two tries. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pre- I'm feeling pretty good about it. Okay. Good. Um, I wonder if maybe I would do better. Uh, but I'm gonna. You know, I'm, I'm pretty. Gonna... I'm pretty proud of my performance. I normally struggle in trivia, so I'm gonna do it or a different tr- way. Struggle in saber trivia. 
I'm going to do it a different way this time. Last time, I kind of ran down for you, like, guys who led the team in minutes, who led the team in scoring, who was the top defenseman. This time, I'm going to have you guess what year it is by giving you the trades from that season. Um, And I I think maybe on the surface, this would feel like it's easier because you're going to get the range, but the the exact year, I think, is going to be tough. So let's start with, uh, with this season. It is... We're gonna go with which which trade should I start with though? Here I had a couple of them. All right, let's go. Let's start with Chris Gratton and a second round pick come to the Sabers for Brian Holzinger, Wayne Primo, Kelly Sarich, and a third round pick. Chris Gratton comes to the Sabers. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm gonna say Corey Sarich left. Corey Sarich was going the other way. So was Brian Holzinger and Wayne Primo. Okay, I'm going to say the Sabres 2000... also got a second. The Sabres got a second round pick who became a very good player for them for a long time. I'm going to say 2001, 2002. Incorrect. We will continue on. Okay. The next trade. Tampa trades us. The Sabres trade up in the seventh round. They give up a seventh in two thousand one or in uh in the next year, and I almost gave it away a ninth round pick in the next year as well, for a higher seventh round pick that becomes Paul Gostad. Two thousand. When was Paul Gostad drafted? Two thousand and three, two thousand four. All right, we are still incorrect on this one. Oh no! The next move that I will give you here is the Sabres trading Michael Groshek for J.P. Dumont and Doug Gilmore. Michael Groshek for J.P. Dumont and Doug Gilmore. I know it's 2000s. Like, it is. What are, which, which ones did I say? I said 2001, 2002, and I said 2003, 2004. 2004, 2005. That was a lockout. That was a lockout. There's no trading. Uh, t- so it's 2002, 2003. It is not. So All it's right. earlier? It is earlier. I'll give you one more deal from this year. Um, Gostad's old. The Sabres trade Jean-Luc Grandpierre and Matt Davidson to the Blue Jackets for future considerations. And the Blue Jackets would agree to select Jeff Sanderson and Dwayne Rolison in the expansion. Okay. 2000-2001. Yes, so it's two two thousand yeah. is the year. That's the expansion um, year. Yes. Wow, Gostad um, was drafted in two thousand two. Two thousand. Oh my! He was, dra- he was drafted really early, two thousand. So it took him a while. So he was it. a rookie when he was like twenty twenty three. Twenty. Oh yeah, like oh um, yeah. If I look at Gostad, he would have been. Let me go back and I'm got the Sabers draft history page actually open. He was a seventh round pick. And he made he played one game as a twenty year old in two thousand three, and then no he would he would been twenty three years old as a rookie in 0506. Oh wow! Like I guess that makes sense. Like I was thinking, like I was like, because I was in my head, Gostad was like a twenty one or twenty two year old player when he yeah. was a rookie because I knew he was a rookie in 0506. And no, he was yes. like twenty three, so it took him a while. That's a pretty good seventh round pick, I would say. Has there been oh, yeah, a better? For sure. Has there been a better seventh round pick since Paul Gossett? He played seven hundred over seven hundred games in the NHL. What's Olsen um, sixth, fifth? 
Olafson is going to be the top guy. Let's see. Sabres seventh round picks that have played in the league since then. Radoslav Heckel. Never heard of him. Nathan Pache. <laughs> that's bad, a name, but, but he didn't. He only. Better. He actually. Pache played less than 200 games in the league. It's surprising. Yeah, Mark Mancari was a seventh round pick. Uh, 40 games there. Nope. Definitely not better. Good there. NHL. A good AHLer, I would say. Probably. Yeah. Paul Byron's a good sixth round pick. Um, Let's see. Seventh round pick. Seventh round pick. We're not yet to Olafson. Judd Peterson. I remember him. He never played, though. And yeah, Olafson. Olafson in uh, 2014. Olafson will be better. One. Yeah, he will be better. He's more, I, he's more talented. Gossett might be the best seventh round pick in Sabre history. I'm looking through. Yeah, like Brian Campbell is a sixth round pick. That's a hell of a pick. Uh, Brian Scott, no. Steve Webb. Shane Heine. They played a while, but they're not as good as Gostad. Scott Nickel was an 11th round pick. It's pretty good um, when they had those. Can you imagine just sitting there watching like <laughs> round 11 of the NHL well, draft? Doesn't, doesn't Major League Baseball have like 40 rounds? Yeah, I don't think they watch that. Think they, but there's so many more players, right? Like they, yeah. they're filling four rosters. <laughs> Mike Hartman, maybe a good idea for a future episode here. I'm just kind of getting this on the spot here now that I'm looking. Darcy Wakaluk, uh, seventh round pick. We could uh, create an all-time Sabre draft class. Rounds one through 11. Look at us. Creating I think, content. I, I, think, I think we're going to do other it. content. I think, yeah, exactly. It's what Contentception. We do. <laughs> contentception <laughs> we have to end on that note um all right we will get that in the planning stages and we will talk to you at some point on the weekend here since we only did two episodes uh this week um all right so thanks everybody for listening this has been the locked on sabers podcast be sure to follow us on twitter at locked on sabers follow me on twitter at sneaky joe wgr and jordan at jr hanskin this has been the locked on sabers podcast part of the locked on podcast network